In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 to 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. The angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus, the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, so the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all the Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. At the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariots' wheels to swerve, and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. God fights for his people. It was crucial that God's people identify with God because God does fight for his people. And we know that as we studied Exodus, that God brought upon Egypt 10 plagues, 10 plagues to say that he is mightier than every God of Egypt. 
every plague was a challenge to the idol, to the gods of Egypt. They have many gods. But Israel's God is saying there is only one God. It is only me, the Lord, who created heaven and earth. So God led Israel through the wilderness. After the 10th plague, they camped at Sukkot. And from Sukkot, they traveled perhaps around three days. Day and night they traveled, yet not one was feeble or weak among them. God strengthened them through the night. So they were in Pihahiroth before the sea. God brought them there so that there is no way to go, nowhere to go. The Egyptians would follow. And at times, God would allow us to be in situations that we ourselves don't know what to do except to trust in God. We have tried every knowledge we know. We have tried every skill that we possess. Yet there are times we are put in situations where there is no other choice but to trust God. Yet, of course, we know, we who study the scriptures, we don't have to wait to come to that point that we are desperate. We can now trust God even before desperate times. Some people know how to pray when they're desperate. I say to you, do not wait to be desperate. Always cling to God. Always be hungry for God. Always trust God. Stay close to God. Do not be like most who will only call on God when they have a need. Some of us only know prayer when we have a need. We think God is this great vending machine that if we press the right things, what we need will come out. Or he is somebody, he is like a rich cousin we only visit every time we need something. I say to you, my brothers and sisters, come to God every day. Do you know why we study the Bible? Why we study scriptures? That we may understand more the God that we serve. Relationship is a two-way thing. When we pray, when we sing, that's one way. The other way is God revealing himself to us through the Holy Scriptures. Now, are you hungry to know God, really know him? Because in every real and strong relationship, there is a desire to understand what the other is going through, right? The friends we like are those who are interested in what we're going through. And we return the favor on, how are you? What are you going through? How can I pray for you? We know that we don't like people who just talk about themselves. You know people like that. The moment they sit down, all they talk about is themselves. Yes, there are people like that. But we don't like people like that. But in God, sometimes we act like that. Because we only come to him to talk to him, but not to listen. So friends, today, this morning, once again, as we study scripture, and as you go home, go back and study, read the text again. We are studying the Bible through context study, not separating one text and creating a story out of it. That's why we have been preaching chronologically, exposition through chronology, one after the other. Each preaching is connected to the last, because what? We are preaching the intent of the author based on the book. The intent of the author is important, and we can know that through context. By looking at it, the whole context, what really happened here? 
Here we see some consistency here, that God does harden people's heart, and we know that Pharaoh first hardened his heart, and part of the judgment was making Pharaoh worse in his own sin, in his own spiritual blindness and hardened heart. At the same time, we know that God is defender. God fights for us. He makes a way for us and teaches us to trust him more. Can you say with me, I trust God? Say it again, I trust God. Say this, I trust his word. I hope you truly trust his word. We have to trust what he says. We have to trust what the author means. You see, studying the Bible is not just repeating what the Bible says, but truly, truly finding out what it really means. And today, we come to this point where we, we are at the point where God would do his mighty work. Finally, they're going to cross the Red Sea. Actually, more accurately, the Sea of Reeds. Okay, it's not Red Sea. The Sea of Reeds. They will cross the Sea of Reeds. And a path will be opened to them by God. <clears throat> Pharaoh would pursue them with his army because God hardened Pharaoh's heart. When the people of Israel saw the approaching army, they were camped at Pihahiroth. Two to three million of them, probably 2.5 million. And they see this army coming. They were afraid. They cried out to the Lord and they blamed Moses. That's why I encourage you, brothers and sisters, it is not good to practice blaming. Even if you really know it's somebody's fault. We hope they learn the lesson. We hope we learn the lesson if it is our fault. But first you must do is, is not who did this. It's first how do we solve the problem. Here, they blamed Moses. They cried out to the Lord. Yes, they prayed, but they blamed Moses. Some of us do that, right? We pray and blame somebody else, correct? Well, please repent of our sin. Amen? We can repent and say, forgive me, Lord. Now I will just pray, and hopefully we solve this situation together. Because problems, you see, is an opportunity to see how God will move in our lives. We discussed prior for to today that the word is standby. When Moses said to them, stand by and see the salvation of God, it means watch carefully what God will do. You're afraid, but watch carefully what God will do. So problems, when problems come, tribulations and afflictions, I hope you do not fall away from the Lord, but you would stand by and watch. Instead of, of, of despairing, you say, Lord... I look forward to seeing what you will do in my situation. And I believe that is the right attitude. We can say to God, allow me to see your greatness now. Allow me to see how great you are. How you will open the Red Sea in my life. How I'm going to walk through dry land. There was no escape. You see, Israel would be trapped. There was no way to run. The sea was before them. God put them there so that they would learn to live by faith, to trust him. No escape. They cried out. They blamed Moses. However, Moses encouraged them not to be afraid and declared that God would fight for them. God will fight for you. 
So let me encourage you right now. God will fight for you. Learn to rest and trust. Hold on to his word and his goodness and grace. He will fight for you. Can we, we say it together? God will fight for me. God will fight for us. But let's put this within context. That is, if you grow, you follow God's word. You see, they were following Moses' instruction, God through Moses. Right now, it's through the word of God. If we follow God's word, God will fight for us. That is the context. You cannot create a problem for yourself. Of course, you can always say, God, please fight for me. And I believe most of the time in his mercy and grace, he saves us. There are times he would allow us to go through the lesson until we remember and not forget the lesson. But I always trust in the goodness of the Lord. Even though I know he is judge, I always trust in the goodness of God. God would defeat, you know. Moses encouraged them and said, "In be quiet. God will fight for you while you keep silent. It was wise of Moses to say that. You know why? Because they were blaming him, right? <laughs> so to get them to be quiet, they say, God will fight for you as you keep quiet. Amen? You can say that to a loving spouse who always is uh, blaming you and say, God will fight for us while we keep quiet. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> So let us both keep quiet and trust in the Lord. That doesn't mean you do not address the lesson. We must learn from every mistake, okay? We must learn from it. But we can learn it from it with a good heart. A heart that says we just want to learn. And that slow improvement in our lives will create more harmony at home. Israel would learn to fear God. And they would learn to believe in Moses as well as Moses speaks the word of God. Point number one. Let's go back to it. God instructed Moses to stop praying and move the people forward. Yeah, can we look at that? Verse 15. I love this. Really, I love this. Although there are many times God wants us to pray. But there are times God would say, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to go forward. Stop praying and start doing it. Amen? Oh, you've been praying for this person to be saved. Why don't you just go and share the gospel now? You've been praying, God, give me a solution to my problem. Why don't you search? Equip yourself, learn. You have financial problems, why not learn? Sometimes we pray for wisdom, but there are times God wants us to take the step. Go and do it. Yes, I believe in prayer. The power of prayer is really important. It really is beyond this world. However, there are times God would say, when we have been watching and standing by, okay? Moses said, stand by and watch. And then when God made the way, what now? Move forward, Moses. Open the sea. Stretch out your staff. Open the sea and move forward. There are times God has given us the capacity and the capability to move forward, to take the next step. So I say to you, brothers and sisters, keep praying. But there are times we have to take the step. How many of you said before, I want to share the gospel and somehow experience this uh, discipleship of others? I want to care for people in the spiritual sense. 
And some of you have been praying that, but never really taken the step. Some of you say, Lord, just give me wisdom in your word, but you never open the word. Just say, okay, whether I understand it or not, I will start reading, and hopefully I understand something. There are times you just have to take the step forward, not just depending on somebody else, trusting in God, yet moving forward. You may be prayerful, but God will not use you if you're just praying. Although God may be using your prayer as well. There are times and seasons God just wants you to move forward. So he instructed Moses, stop praying and move the people forward. Moses raised his staff, stretched out his hand over the sea as instructed. The sea opened and Israel walked on dry land. They walked on dry land. And then God also shielded them. Shielded them from the Egyptians that no one came near one another. So God protected them and shielded them. So such is God. There are times he just wants you to move forward. Sometimes he wants you to wait. Don't rush it. Can you imagine if they tried swimming on the sea? Oh, the Egyptians are there. Let's swim. But when God made a way, there are times we have to step forward and take it. All right? How would you know? That's where listening to God in the quietness of your soul. That's why when we teach you to pray, it's not just speaking. It is waiting in silence. It is meditating in scripture until an assurance builds in your spirit that you know where to go. And I'm not talking about emotion. Some people feel emotional about something. They think that's God. Sometimes you even have to kill the emotion to know what God's will is. But if you know, you meditate in scripture and we wait on the Holy Spirit to guide us, he will make it clear to us what is the next step. But the Bible at times is very obvious, obvious for the next step. Any sin that we are entangled in, the Bible is clear, turn away from the sin. It's very clear. But sometimes we are spiritually blind, right? Oh yeah. When we love the sin so much more than God then we will be blinded. Number two, God would harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they chase the Israelites. Can you imagine this? The power of God seen by the Egyptians. Ten plagues. And there God opened the Red Sea and they still just wanted to chase them. They did not see, wow, this is indeed a powerful God. We should think twice now. I have never seen this happen. No, they were blinded to the wonder. They chased them. Why would you fight such a powerful God? They were blinded. Sometimes we are blinded by greed. We want to earn. We get into deals that are not supposed to be done. Instead of being careful, we have this, this yearning instead of waiting. Lord, arrange everything, Lord. And when I know, when I know it is you, I will push forward. And when I don't know it is you, I will be conservative. Yes, conservative in my steps. Avoid spiritual blindness, friends. But God would defeat their military. You see, God is no longer just a God who defeated the idols of Egypt. He would be a God who would defeat Egypt's military, the most powerful in the land that time. When they were chasing Israel, God confused the Egyptians that he caused the chariot wheels to swerve. 
just driving. God made it hard for them to drive their chariots. Then the Egyptians said, oh, God is fighting for them. We should flee. But it was too late. They realized that God was fighting against them and for Israel. Sometimes God is fighting against you. God doesn't want you to do something. Please be sensitive. It's not always that God will do every, everything you desire, no matter how evil, that God would bless that. No. No. I say first, look at the scriptures. But there are many preachers who would say, your desire, whatever your desire is, God has to bless that. No. And they will quote you verses out of context. And today, there are dangerous preachers preaching that. That's why we encourage you, the whole scripture we must study, not isolated lessons. All of it we learn. All of it. Genesis to Revelations. And studying the background with us. Although it's slow, but we do study that here when we offer to you the Roman Road Retreat, the Ephesian Mystery, the study of the whole books to understand God more. Here is a slow pace. We're stu we studied Genesis for two and a half years. Now we're studying Exodus piece by piece, trying to understand this God we serve. Yeah, but the Egyptians would be blind. But too late, they wanted to flee. Number three, God told Moses to stretch out his hand over the sea. And the sea closed, drowning the whole army of the Egyptians. Israel saw the dead Egyptians on the seashore. Thus Israel feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and Moses. Can we put verse 31 up there? And this is the conclusion. As the writer would end this segment. As the compiler and author Moses compiler and author of the Torah. He would conclude this segment with this, when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. What do we see in this text? And many times you would see that in scripture. The end of it all, the conclusion of it all is fear God. Can you say, fear God? Yeah. Say it again, fear God. Yeah. Then he says there, believe in the Lord. Say, believe in the Lord. Yeah. Now, it added here, Moses wrote his name here, and his servant Moses. But I'd like to share to you this very important observation. You see, the Lord and Moses. You see, let me talk about preachers now, because we must be careful. Every preacher that is Grounded in the truth of God. When I say grounded, it's not just speaking in generalities. This verse means this, in generalities. But really going down to the specifics of these verse. To understand more the intent of the author. I say if we separate ourselves from the word of God. Making conclusions that are not rooted in God's word. You cannot believe us. You cannot believe a preacher that does that. But do not be deceived. If all you know is, well, the verse said that, and the verse said that, and the verse said that, without really understanding background of each verse quoted, you will be deceived. So preachers must connect themselves with the Lord and rooted in God's word. When I say rooted, when I quote a text, when we read Exodus 14, 
I want to preach to you exactly what happened and I have to derive from it the meaning of the author based on its background and its context. Here we see that God is powerful. God is mighty. That God hardened the hearts of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. I cannot take that away. But some preachers will take that away. We'll just put you on the encouragement side, right? The positive side. They will only say to you, God is good, but they will not preach that he is terrifying. They will preach to you that God is gracious without preaching to you that the wrath of God is against all ungodliness. I say to you right now, here we see the mercy of God to Israel and the judgment of God to the Egyptians. And in the end, it is to fear God. So I say to you, my friends, we must be grounded in the truth. So in application, let me share to you this. There is a time to pray. There's a time to pray. Hey, you should pray. We should pray every day. And not just prayer like praying for the food. I believe in prayer that is heartfelt. And you would, you would observe this, how they prayed. They were desperate. Moses would be praying intensely to God. The book of James said we should pray fervently. Prayer is important and it should be fervent. Not like, Lord, today bless me, bless them, and that's it. Like praying for the food. Some people, when they enter a prayer meeting, is just surrounded and everybody should just pray. Now we want a heart that humbles itself down to the Lord. A heart that would be hungry for God. A hungry heart, a thirsty heart for His presence. That is what we need in our hearts. To say that God, it's not about your blessings, it's really about you. Is it really about God, your life? Or is it still about your sin and hopefully you're forgiven every now and then? There's a time to pray. Please pray. There is time to stand by and see God make a way. You would know this when you don't know what to do. You pray and look and trust God that he will make a way. But don't do it the world's way. Amen? Oh yeah. Do you know what David said? I was young and now I am old. But I have never seen the righteous begging for bread. Not beg for money. Trust God. Amen? Of course, family help each other. But first, look at God. Don't look at the rich cousin. Look at God and trust God. But there is a time to move forward. Move forward. There's a time to just take the next step. You know, we should follow God's leading and God's timing. God's leading and God's timing. Once I heard this and it was wonderfully preached. He said, I want to walk with God in this life. Not ahead of God. Not behind Him. But exactly what He wants to happen in my life at this time. I will not rush it, nor I shall be behind when it's time to move, I want to move. When I want to move forward, I still wait on his timing. Sometimes it's the timing of the Lord. No, not sometimes, always. Pray for God's timing in our hearts. Number two, spiritual blindness will lead to destruction. 
book of Proverbs, we can say many, in many places that pride leads to destruction. Your own destruction. The lifting up of the self even destroys relationships. Really, do you want that moment that you are, are the most right and proud of that? Or prayerfully helping the other person who is broken in heart, knowing he or she was wrong, saying, let me make it up. Spiritual blindness is still doing the things that God doesn't want us to do and still doing it. Or, let me just say this outright, ignoring the commands of the word of God. Ignoring what God wants you to do is also spiritual blindness. It's a good thing Israel followed what God told them to do. Keep quiet. See the salvation of God. Then move forward. They move forward. Or we would be blind. The decision is really up to us. So friends, when I am preaching here and when I'm preaching, I preach encouragement. But I also preach rebuke. If ever you get rebuked, I hope you are mature enough that I'm not singling anybody out. I speak in very specific sometimes because of my experience. My 30 plus experience in ministry, generally I know what people go through, not the specifics always. But generally, that's why from that background I would draw examples, I would draw messages. And you think that was you. You're so special, right? You're always on my mind. Please. Everybody is special here, but not everybody is always on my mind. That's too much credit for you, right? Again, that part of pride and selfishness. Pinatatamaan naman ako ni Pastor. Kung tinamaan ka, di tinamaan ka. So anong gagawin mo? What will you do about it? Will you evaluate yourself? Or get mad at the pastor? Blame Moses. No, I'm not Moses. <laughs> but as long as I preach to you God's word, you're not attacking me. It's the word of God I preach. Is that clear? Because I'm trying to ground us on the truth. Avoid spiritual blindness. Therefore, oh, realization may come too late. So I say to you, change your ways now. I say to you, come to God right now. Do not harden your heart, but come to the Lord today and say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I believe in you. I believe in your word. Lest realization will be too late. God is all-powerful. Therefore, number three, acknowledge the power of God. Honor God. Can you say honor God? Honor. Say fear God. fear God. Say believe in the word of God. So we believe in the word of God. And today you listen to his word, I praise God. But at home, please read his word. If some of you doing shortcuts, some of you like shortcuts, right? Yeah, you watch YouTube for the Bible, huh? And you have these audio Bibles. If you really have a problem reading because your eyes have a problem, I would understand you. But you know why reading is fantastic? Why I tell my children to read since they were very little? Why? Because reading does not give you everything. You have to use your imagination. 
they did not give you the de details. What did they wear? What was Moses wearing anyway? You have to imagine that. What were the chariots like? You have to imagine that, but they don't tell you everything. Watching movies is giving to you the imagination of a certain director. It already gives it to you. That's why reading scripture, or not only scripture, even other stuff, why reading is good, it what strengthens your creativity. It even strengthens your critical reasoning. And I like critical reasoning. Some people don't like it. I apply that to the scriptures, critical reasoning on scriptures. Is God truly alive? Did Jesus really raise from, rise from the dead? Was it a conspiracy of the disciples to tell a lie? <laughs> I believe in scriptures because I applied critical reasoning to it. And I believe it strongly. I invite you to study it with me. Therefore, I can really say the Bible is different from all the other writings. It is different. There is one God. One God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons, not three gods. One God, three persons, not three heads. One God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. His power is unlimited. We must study his word, believe his word, and obey his word. And let us be a congregation that grows in that. Grow in everything we do. Why? As we grow, we realize what I'm doing is not right. And that's how growth is. Growth is learning and unlearning. Amen? It's learning and unlearning. No scripture and you will unlearn many things in life. But you will learn God and the beauty of God's word. God fights for you, my friends. God fights for us. Always be on the side of God. Let us all rise and let us pray. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. You opened the sea of reeds. Your people crossed on dry land. You kept them safe. You prevented Egypt from catching up. They crossed. You used your servant Moses as your mouthpiece. You closed the Red Sea and defeated the army of Egypt. Thus, you are a God not only more powerful than other gods, but you are God who is more powerful than any army on the earth. And if you so choose, you can defeat any army if you will it. Father, we thank you for your word. Teach us, Lord, to pray and watch and see your salvation. But teach us also, Lord, to take the step, the move when you made a way. Teach us not to be afraid, not to panic, and not to hesitate. Remove spiritual blindness from our eyes and hearts that we may not be stubborn, but we would have a good heart, good soil, where your word can be planted and it can grow. Give us spiritual understanding, Lord, from your word. Teach us to acknowledge that you are powerful and your power is unlimited, yet you are also a merciful God. Therefore, we honor you, we fear you, we believe in you. Teach us to be all grounded in your word. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. And God's people say,
Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.